Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey everyone, today we're talking with my good buddy, Pastor Luke. He's got a great church out in West Virginia, and we're talking about board structure. Now, that normally sounds like, man, that's a boring topic, (laughs) but it's not because we all have to deal with it. How do we have effective boards? How do we have the right kind of structure that keeps our church healthy and keeps us moving forward? It was an incredible conversation. Let's check it out. How can I serve you today? And what's on your mind, man? Yeah. uh, Well, so again, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate all you're doing for me and for our church. And so thank you. Um, our, Our church started like in the late 60s been around for a long time so when they were setting everything up the the governance and all of that uh, a lot has changed since then in the church a lot's changed in the in the world just how things are done the speed mm-hmm. at which things are done right. so i had a few questions just about the, the best way to set those kinds of things up in the church so first of all when it comes to church governance is there a, a model just generally speaking that you feel is best or is that more dependent on size or or um, yeah, so I guess just what is your your recommendation yeah. when it comes to so when case? you say when you say governance, are you primarily speaking of uh, board relationship with the pastor, uh, membership yeah, concepts, constitution and bylaws, and what what the members vote on, what they don't, um, yeah. so the whole yeah. structure. Yeah, well, yeah. So, a couple things. Um, well, I got a few things to say about that. <laughs> I always say that no one cares about bylaws until somebody's getting sued. Then everybody cares about bylaws. <laughs> it's a it's a necessary evil. Right. Uh, so the couple things. One, I think you first have to decide in the staff board relationship: Are you staff driven, board supported, or are you board driven, staff supported? I think a person has to decide that right up front. Okay, uh, me personally, thousand percent am being for the staff-driven, board-supported. I think the pastor should be leading it. I think the staff should be helping him to lead it, and I think the board should be supporting it. Uh, I do not believe the board should be board-driven. I've seen board-driven churches, and it is always a mess, uh, and it's always a stifle. Uh, <clears throat> so I think that's one of the things. You know, of course, you have to decide that. But you asked me what my opinion was, and so yeah. my yeah. opinion would, is, would be, I think you're the leader, and uh, we have to trust that. I think the other healthy things to look at are dismissals of the lead pastor. What does that look like? Um, what's the process by what that looks like? Is it as simple as the board votes on it, <clears throat> and that's how it's going to be? Uh, or the, bo- the board votes on it, brings it to a membership, and then the membership has to be a whatever percentage, you know, uh, to say to go. Personally, don't like that at all. Everybody's different, so I'll probably get a whole bunch of people not liking what I'm about to say. But uh, one, I think the board should have the ability to bring um, awareness to the right party uh, of a problem. So, Luke, if you're... uh, you know, doing something wrong, you're stealing a bunch of money or I don't know, whatever, uh, doing something crazy. Um, I think the board should have the ability to take action. 
The question is, what action do they take? Mm-hmm. You bring it to a membership and say it's sort of a gray area. Maybe it's not black and white. Say the, the minutes say that 70% need to be able to vote you out, but only 69% did or 60 did. Okay, so now we have 66 out of 10 people that don't like you, that right. want you gone. And the four out of 10 know that the six out of 10, I mean, it just creates division so fast. Right. Not a fan of it. I am not a fan of that at all. I'm not a fan of it because then the pastor's going to do, if he's not careful, he's uh, going to have to make sure he appeases the membership rather than choosing the right direction. Right. You've got to appease the influencers. I don't like that either, personally. Yeah. What an alternative would be is, is there an outside source like in a denomination? Like in our situation, South Hills, the church I founded, if there's a problem with the lead pastor, the board can can contact the superintendent who we have great relationship with in because we belong to the same as a God. Not everybody watching this has a denomination, so you got to figure out what works for you. He can bring it to them, to that person. That superintendent says, listens to it and says, okay, I'll find three people that everybody agrees will listen to what's going on and make the decision. The three will make the decision. The board recommends it. The three make the decision uh, based on, and those three are approved by the pastor and approved by the board. So everybody's like, all right, here we go. They have to have the ability to take action. But, but what I've seen often, I'm, I'm seeing it right now with two churches that I'm working with that I am got kind of brought into. You got a board member that got all wound up, had the most amount of influence on the team, had sideways conversations with the other board members, got enough of energy going. Pastor walked in for what he thought was a normal board meeting. They fired him, honestly, without cause. Wow. There's no... There's nothing. There's no sexual issue, money issue, alcohol issue, whatever, drug issue. I don't know, whatever issue you want to say. There's none of that. Um, They're just like, "Eh, we just decided we wanted someone different. He'd grown the church. He was moving in the right direction. But it all came down to one person that got all wound up in both cases. And that can happen. We know that. We know that scripturally. We look at Absalom. We look at a Judas at the table. Uh, so I, I would say that. So I think one, uh, staff, staff driven board supported Two, I think there's gotta be a proper structure for the board. Three, I think you gotta also look at membership. That's a big thing. A lot of people are moving away from church, all church membership. A lot of people are. First of all, there's nowhere in scripture that it says that it was even, I mean, I can't find it in scripture anywhere. Right. That they all have this voting power. Uh, it's the elders in the board that yeah. have the voting power. So I'm telling you, in my situation, our situation at South Hills, the church I founded, the board is the members, uh, and that's the way we structured it. So there is no, there is no voting or whatever. I mean, let's be realistic. You take a church of 500. Let's just think about this. You got a church of 500. It's got, I don't know, 180 members. 200 members that have gone through membership. Mm-hmm. We know that those 200 won't show up. But in order to show up, you got to have, I don't even know, I'm just throwing numbers out. 50% or 40% have to show up to have a quorum. Okay, so we just went from 200 down to, you know, whatever, 80 people. Of that 80 people, you need 45 to vote, 41, more than 50% to vote something. 
So now we got 41 people voting on something for the entire church that may not get big organizational moves. So I just don't think that's healthy. So I think those are the things that are that that need to be looked at. Those are to me those are the big rocks that need to be looked at. The pastor and how the pastor and 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 how he is terminated or not terminated, uh, staff driven and membership. So when it when in that structure, the membership is the elders or the board. So the the general congregation doesn't they don't vote on anything. That's correct. Okay. A lot of people, that's hard for them to get their mind around, but more and more are going that way. Yeah. I'm not saying that you need to go that way, and I'm not telling everybody to go that way, and there's a lot of people that would totally go against that idea. That's okay. That's fine. No, okay, but, so that, that makes a lot of sense, and I love what you're saying. So <clears throat> suppose <laughs> yeah. a pastor loves that but doesn't currently have that. How would you recommend that they go about moving in that direction? You know, so like us, that's not our situation. How can you, how can you change it? You know, change well, the you know, structure. I think one, uh, if, if you belong to a denomination, I think you need to make your denomination aware. I think that's respectful. Um, that hey, we're thinking about this and working on it. Um, <laughs> two, uh, I do think that there is a reality. Let's go back to the. There's 500 people in the church, and there's 200 members. And now there's 200 members, but let's be realistic. How many are even active? You know how that is. 125 are active. Okay, so of the 125, do they even show up to meetings or do they care? Of the 125, there will be a handful at best that actually care. Right. So if it was me uh, and I had to make that change, which let me tell you, we did make that change. Okay. We started off with normal bylaws. I didn't know any difference when we started South Hills. They just handed me... I got bylaws. I said, okay, this is what we do. I don't know. Then I started looking at it and started talking to other coaches of mine and friends of mine. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so we changed it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have one single response. I met with two or three people that I thought might have an issue. I talked to them one-on-one. They were good. Took a little, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad I met with them before because I think that it wouldn't have went over well in a meeting. But I met with the three or two, three, four, five people. I don't remember how many, but the small handful of people, I thought, oh, they might have a problem with this. Met with them one-on-one, explained to them the reasoning. They got it. Then we called for the meeting. They showed up. Only barely enough quorum even showed up. Then a, then everybody voted. It was 100% vote. Yeah. I did it with a church in New Mexico. That church has been around forever. And they made the change a few years ago. They wanted to make the change. 100% vote. No one even batted an eye at it. So, so in those meetings with the people that do care, how do you cast the vision for it or what reasons do you give? Because essentially you're asking them to vote, to never vote again, to, right. to lay down all their you know, perceived rights. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, first, I think you, it's always important when you're sitting with someone and you're dealing with a situation like that or any, anything like that, whenever you're navigating as a leader a situation, you have to, in your mind, as fast as possible, identify what their main issue is going to be. What is their main issue? Because they have one. You might have a bylaw thing that is 48 pages 
you know, long or whatever. I don't know. It's 48 pages long. They care about one page, one paragraph, two sentences. That's all they care about. Figure out what that is. That's one thing. Uh, It's good to know that so you can address it. I think that there is reasoning to it. Hey, we're not trying to pull away, but please understand. Here's the reality. Like, we got 500 people in the church. We got 200 members. We only got 100 people that are even active on that membership list. It is the way that churches are going. We've always had membership because that's been a tradition of churches for years, but it doesn't even show up in the Bible. Um, That's one thing. It's not even in the Bible. Uh, If you look at Peter in the first church, the board and the elders made the decisions. Uh, And it... it, uh, um, it makes more sense for us to have a nimble group that is able to make some decisions and move things forward. Um, and in a world where we're going to go multi-side or in a world where we're going to grow and develop and we have to make faster decisions, we have to have the best, my, the best people on it so we have a board and be able to make those decisions. We have people, not you, Tom, because you're a smart guy. Sure. <laughs> But we've got people on here that are making multi-million dollar decisions that have never had to make that kind of decision before. Why don't we just put them in a brain surgeon room and tap on the brain surgeon and say, hey, do that instead. As as ridiculous as that sounds, that's what we're setting them up for. You know, and again, it's, you know, you can put yourself in that. Like, do you really want me to be, do you want Chris and Luke to be the pilot on the 747 for America? No, you do not want Chris and Luke being the pilot. We don't know the first thing about it. Same thing in this situation. We don't, that's not, that's not everybody, Tom, because I know you're a smart guy, but there's a lot of other people that just, that's just not the world they live in. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's not the way that churches are going. I mean, literally, it's, I mean, <laughs> most churches even starting don't even have that anymore. Church yeah. plants don't. And so there are probably two to four conversations you'll have to have. And yeah. I call that the meeting before the meeting, which is always the most important meeting. You got to have that one. Yeah. And then w- once you went to that format, um, so like right now we have a, an annual business meeting. Yep. Are those completely eliminated where we, you know, we show the budget and kind of the plan and all those sorts of things to the membership? There, there's no more of that. Well, uh, I would replace those if I were you. Um, I would replace those. Uh, I wouldn't run them that way for starters, but I would replace those with year-end meetings <clears throat> that talks about here's what we accomplished in 2023. Here's what we're accomplishing in 2024 or hoping to. And... Um, man, I would invite every volunteer and every giver to it. Now, again, there's a whole another strategy that goes with it. Break them down into tiers. Break it down into tier one, tier two, two, three. I think you and I talked about that. But bottom line is we don't have to go into the tiers right now because it's a whole different subject. But bottom line is, yeah, you still need to meet with all your leaders and your givers and your stakeholders. There's no question about it. Now, how you do that and what you call that I think should be different. You know, you call that your all-in meeting or your team meeting or your dream team meeting or the, you know, uh, hey, man, we're having a we're having what we call our dream team meeting. And if you're part of the team because you're a giver, you're part of the team because you're volunteer, we want you there. And you celebrate and you make it a party. And and it's it's almost like, you know, music going outside. Totally different. Some people just like come in. They sit and they wait for the thing to start in the chair. They're like, don't do that, man. Make it a party. 
and uh, celebrate 2023. Talk about 2024. There's a lot could go. That's Kingdom Builders moment. That's tier one, tier two, tier three moments, which is totally different. But um, bottom line is, yeah, you still have it, but you do it totally different. And you tell them that. Say, we're still going to have a meeting at the end of the year, and you're still going to be invited to it. Now, there's not going to be a voting situation because we think that needs to be more nimble. But, um, yeah, we're still having it. We're just going to do it differently. We're going to do it more celebrative, and we're going to look at the future together. And we're not going to, you know, just keep it like that. You don't go in there with all those reports. Don't make it that. Make it fun. Make it exciting. Right, right. Um, Board meetings or elders meetings. Yeah. Uh, How do you recommend those be formatted, or can you kind of – Explain what that looks yeah. like or should look like. Great question. Uh, I love these questions because I think it's real practical. Uh, one, I can, I mean, I can tell you any board meeting I've been a part of. Well, I just had a board meeting a couple days ago, and I can tell you what was on the agenda, how it reads. Uh, the first couple items always read the same. Uh, <clears throat> first item on the agenda always without fail is Matthew 18. Uh, and Matthew 18 is basically, it goes like this. Hey, guys, um, Matthew 18, you know, they already know it because it's you've already taught it and it's regular. It says, go to your brother at once. Is there anything that's happened since our last meeting that's bothered you, offended you? I did something. Maybe it's something we need to talk about in here. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> once in a while, someone will say something. Pretty rare. At first, when you first introduce Matthew 18, no one says anything. Then everybody gets real comfortable with it, and then it settles back down. <laughs> but, uh, 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 hey, just want to make sure. And then you close it this way. All right. Everybody's good? Everybody's good? All right, good. Then you just say, hey, if there's any issue with anybody and it was too private to bring up, if it issues with me and it was too private to bring up, let's just make sure we take care of it before we leave this property because we're, we're going to keep short accounts. That's what we do. We're healthy, bored. We're not afraid to have tough questions, not afraid to confront each other. We're always going to do it in the right spirit, but we're not going to live in artificial harmony. That's Matthew 18, that moment. Honestly, once in a while, it might be a 10-minute thing because someone brings something up, but normally it's about two and a half minutes. After that, it's financial reports. I'm sorry, minutes. Minutes from the last meeting, they get approved. Financial reports are after that. And then everything from that point is either updates or new business. And uh, give them opportunity to lean in on things. Give them opportunity to, to not feel like they're just sitting there being a rubber stamp. Yeah. You know, they've got to be able to lean in on things. Now, you're going to have to control that <clears throat> because sometimes we open up things for them to lean in on that later on they think, oh, that's now my right. But we right. weren't clear up front thinking, no, uh, that's not. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, hey, man, I love you guys' thoughts on, I don't know, man, I'm wrestling with hiring this certain staff member and love your guys' thoughts. If that opens up so much, then they just feel from this point forward that all staff members hired have to be approved by them. No, the budget needs to be approved by them of how much I'm going to pay that staff member. But you're not telling me who to hire. Yeah. I'm going to choose my own team. But if we're not careful, we open up too many things to them. So, again, Matthew 18, minutes, financial reports, and then new and old business. Uh, okay. So that, that example you used of, <clears throat> hey, I'm thinking about hiring this person, this position. Yep. Love to get your thoughts. 
how do you kind of keep the the guardrails there for monitoring that I'm open, but I'm not too open and letting that line get blurred? Honestly, I'd just be insanely transparent. Like, hey, guys, it's my my job to hire staff. I choose it. I don't need to bring it up in here. Your job is to approve the budget that that staff member that I got to live inside of. Okay, great, good. I do want to bring up this one. I won't bring up, most of the time I won't, but I want to bring up this one because I'd love your guys' thoughts on it. If there's a, a situation where you feel like you need to bring it up, precursor it with the standard. And so you're very clear about that. And if it comes up again in the future, okay, hey guys, you know, I don't know, six months down the road, be like, I just want to remind you, that's not that's not how we're set up. But I think you're just very transparent. Yeah. But you got to be careful. Uh, I sat in a board meeting with a, a guy that I was coaching. Uh, you know, we coached all day long, and then he wanted me to be a part of the board meeting at night. And I was there to you know talk about a few things. But I sat there and I watched a couple of these board members. And I just thought, hey, I'd never been in the board meeting. And this guy thought it was healthy. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it going, this is one of the most unhealthy board meetings I've ever seen in my life. Like, they're like, you can't hire someone and you can't fire someone without our permission. We all have to vote on everybody you hire and everybody you fire. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm sitting there watching this, not saying anything yet, but I'm like, there's no way yeah. that you can lead from that chair. So right. anyway. Yeah, that's how I would handle that. Be upfront and tell them, hey, this ain't normal, but I need your help on this one, but it ain't normal, and it probably won't be normal for the future. Yeah. And also be clear, I'm sorry, when you when you bring board members on, be very clear. You know, what, what's your job? If you were to bring me on your board, I might ask you, what do you expect of me? So you need to be clear. You know, hey, man, you help me with all legal matters. You approve budget. Uh, you take care of raises as it pertains to me. Uh, my compensation, um, you know, there's three or four major things that you primarily look at. Um, we decide and vote on all purchases of property or selling of property, you know, that kind of thing. All right. Um, with with the board being the members in that in that structure, how yeah. often how often were those meetings, or should those meetings be? With the board being the with the board being the members, you mean? Is that what you're saying? How, how, yeah, how yeah. they should meet? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I can tell you what we do. Uh, on, the, on the South Hill side of my life, the church that I founded, uh, we meet six times a year. We only meet every other month. Okay. Some guys meet every month. I just don't think it's necessary. If there's something that comes up, which at least, at least once or twice a year, something will come up, and we'll have this sort of, hey, guys, we got to deal with something. Our next meeting is not for three, three more weeks, but... Uh, let's just grab a Zoom call this week. How's this time look? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what we do. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody. And one other thing is, um, which no, I don't know of any church doing it this way, we do all our board meetings in the morning on a weekday. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know how it happened? It was years ago. It was the funniest thing. We're doing our normal 7 o'clock board meeting or 6.30 board meeting, bring a little dinner in, do all that thing, you know. It's all I've ever seen for my life. And one of the board members speaks up and go, why do we do this at night? I'm already, I'm tired at the end of the day. And the other guy goes, yeah, why do we do it at night? And I'm like, uh, we've always done it at night. Every church I've ever, I don't know any other way except for at night. And they're all, we're all business owners. We do whatever we want with our time. And uh, I'm like, you guys want to do it in the morning from now on? Yeah. We, that was 
15 to 18 years ago, and we've never stopped. And we've never had a complaint. We just bring guys on and say, yeah, we meet every other month, and you're going to have to give up a whole morning. They're like, yeah. sure. <laughs> They're fresh. You get their best thoughts. No yeah. one's grumpy saying things they shouldn't because it's, it's 9 o'clock at night, and they just want to go home. Right. And we start our board meeting at 7 a.m., which is early. We throw out some breakfast food items, nothing major, and go for it. Is is that environment fairly casual, or is it run pretty? It's pretty I tight? would say it's right in between. Okay. Uh, it's, we don't even do it. We're, we're not sitting at a board table. We actually sit in a circle, yeah. uh, and we've got our packets, uh, and we get going. Yeah, so it's, I would say it's kind of medium. I mean, you know, we vote, and yeah, you know, is, is there a motion? Second, you know, we follow the the rules per se, but. I would say it's right in between. I wouldn't say it's so casual that someone thinks it's a waste of their time. I think it shouldn't be, you know, crazy, crazy casual. Like, I think there's got to be a sense of order to it. Right. But it definitely isn't a board meeting and a gavel. Like we, yeah, definitely not that. <laughs> We're not doing that, that's for sure. Right. Um, so all, all those thoughts on church governance, it, does church size fit in there at all? Or is that across the board, church any size running, running that uh, way? Personally, I think, I think everything that I've talked about, now everything I've talked about, there might be other things. I think everything I've talked about should happen at, personally, I like that for almost any, any size church. Yeah. Now, where I think some things could change is as the church gets larger, and you go more multi-site, now all of a sudden it's, we have this board, but we also have a financial team that looks at everything monthly. So we're watching it in real time, which we have. So we have a financial team. And one of the, I think one, there's three of them, I think one or two of them are from the board and one of them's not. But they're a financial team. They're watching everything all the time. So they're helping to make decisions in real time if there's an issue. Uh, they're looking at loans. They're looking at reinvesting uh, cash reserves. Uh, they're looking at all of it. Yeah. Uh, they're looking at our, um, you know, uh, renovation um, fund and making sure that that has enough. They're just looking at all those things. Mm-hmm. So I think you can. I think what I talked about. I think every church should have. You can add to that as you go if you see necessary. I think a, a financial team could possibly be that. Yeah. A property team, if you get enough properties, could be that. And we have that as well. They don't meet all the time. They're just, they're just honestly, they're keeping track of all the maintenance so that the finance team knows what to plan for. Hey, yeah. the air conditioner, we had it looked at. We probably got another year on it. The roof, the this, the that, we probably have to spend 20 grand. Okay, now the finance team thinks, okay, let's build that into the budget. Let's make sure the board's aware. Yeah. So we're looking to preventative maintenance. Yeah. But that's as you grow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, our time is coming up. But, uh, man, I hope you found this helpful today, Luke. Oh, super helpful. Yeah. No, I really These are great questions. What a great podcast this was because this is... This is, you know, not the fun stuff, but it's the stuff we all got to deal with. Right. And, uh, man, I'm sure everybody found it helpful. But thanks for being on the podcast today, man. I really yeah, do appreciate it. Thank you very it. much. It was fun doing it. Awesome. Thanks, man. 